Hello friends, this is Jedediah Gravesmore, and you're listening to Spooky Bits and Scary Pieces. Tonight, I bring you a special treat, back-to-back episodes. First, will be Chapter 4 of the Terrorlands of Aznacon, Ben is slowly working his way out of the fortress of the race. Will he be able to escape and make his way back to his father? Or will the Terrorlands bring about his end? Next will be a special episode celebrating the holidays in a way that only spooky bits and scary pieces can. But first, let's listen to the tales from the Terrorlands. Ben reached up, feeling the mask on his face. He wondered how long it would help him breathe the toxic air. He pulled the mask up just a bit, taking in a shallow breath, testing it. He immediately began to cough as the poisonous air hit his throat. He coughed, hacking, putting the mask back around his mouth tightly. Did the scout provide it for him? Or the race? He was sure that the scout was good. She saved him twice. But she had also tried to kill his father. His father was trying to force him into the Terrorlands. She didn't understand his father's temper. He would have come to his senses and healed him. He would have had to have realized that Phelps' satchel was not there. A satchel. It could be with the race. If he could find it, his father would forgive him. He had to. Didn't he? In his mind, the battle was going on against what he knew was the truth and what was wishful thinking. He moved to the opening of the tent and was surprised to discover he wasn't in a tent at all, but some kind of fortress. Ben's earliest memories were of living in a tent, moving from one place to another, never staying too long. He had seen houses, stepped into fortresses for short periods of time, but never spent too long in one that he could remember. The cold floor felt strange on his bare feet as he inched his way slowly down a long hallway. He could hear the scout still arguing with the wraiths nearby. He wanted to get away from them but he needed to hear what they had to say. They might say something that could lead Ben to the satchel. He also needed to find clothes, something to cover his body up. He edged closer to an opening archway where the voices were coming from and stopped dead in his tracks. There was a mirror on the wall 
Ben stared hard at his reflection. His body was thin. His hair was gone. He had stitches on his face and head. There were more running up his arms and legs. And Ben was sure underneath that thin robe he wore, there were more. In other places on his body, they were scars where the stitches had already been pulled out. His eyes had no blue left in them. They were milky white. The nails on his thin, scarred hands were black, and the skin on his face looked like someone had splashed different colored clothing dye on them. Red, green, blue, and purple, and even gray, in spots and splashes all over his face and head. What had happened? He was some kind of monster now. Were they turning him into a wraith too? But they wanted his organs. He heard them. Why would they do what they did to him only to kill him? Why would they heal him? How long did it take for him to heal? A cold hand reached up and touched his shoulder. Ben jumped and turned. It was a wraith. You up now? Feeling better, yes? You need to rest more. Please lie, lie down, down, rest. Ben backed away from the creature as it raised a gnarled bony hand towards him. It had sores on it and was bleach white. He backed into the mirror, shattering it as a cold hand got closer to him. He began to fall over, and instinctively he reached out, grabbing at the front of the raced robe. As he fell to the ground, he pulled the creature to the side, its robes open and pulled off as he fell, exposing what was beneath. A glass orb floated in the air with a light blue chemical in it. Inside the liquid, Ben could see different human organs floating around inside. Intestines, liver, stomach, heart, all moving around, pulsing, jerking, like misshaped fish in a cursed aquarium. Attached on the outside of this orb were three arms of different size, flexing and reaching, trying to snatch back at the robe. All three had rotting flesh and sores on them, with black nails growing out like thick claws. A head sat on the top of the orb, the mouth sagging to one side. What teeth it had were black, some dripping a green ooze. One ear was unmistakably belonging to a troll, green and drooping. The other was pink and coming to a point. The nose was the size of a fist with one nostril caved in. The eyes, 
one brown and small moving in all directions. The other, bigger, black, staring angrily at Ben. Ben's heart went cold. He had seen that eye stare at him like that before. It once belonged to Phelps. Half of the skull was missing from the wraith, and strange tubes with more of the blue liquid sank into the half-exposed, twitching brain of the creature. The scout came out of the next room with another wraith floating next to her. Boy, you're awake. You're moving. I thought that fall would be the end of you. Luckily, the floaters found you when they did. You would be dead for sure if they didn't. Ben tried to crawl away from the nightmare floating above him. He tried to turn his head from the hideous sight, but just couldn't move. He still had the robe clenched tightly in his hand as the wraith tugged and pulled at it. Boy, let go of the robe. You're going to be fine. Just take deep breaths through the mask. Ben slowly turned, looking up at the scout. She seemed older, her eyes looking tired and concerned. Her skin was white, and strange blue patches were coloring her cheeks. Ben moved back from her as she reached out a hand. Her white eyebrows lifted up in surprise. No one here will hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. But we have to talk now, because there isn't much time. He remembered her words. A deal with the race? What did she call them? Floaters? She knew them. Made deals with them. A deal that concerned him. The unrobed wraith finally tugged the robe out of Ben's hands. He looked up at the nightmare creature as it slid the robe back on, pulling up the hood. The eyes deep in the hood turned yellow. This was the one that had stared down at him with the knife. He looked over at the one standing next to the scout. That one. That had beckoned to him to enter the Terrorlands as it held on to the troll's eyes. His breath began to quicken. It started to get harder and harder to breathe through the mask. His body began to shake uncontrollably. The scout's voice sounded like it was underwater. Boy, relax. You're, you're going into shock. He felt a sharp pain in his arm as the wraith stabbed him with a small device. Soon everything started to get blurry, and he felt like he was floating. Somebody picked him up and put him on a stretch on a stretcher, strapping his arms to the side. He was moving back into the room. He could see the scout's face looking down at him with concern. He fought to stay awake struggling to keep focus, afraid, terrified, that if he fell asleep, the race would tear him apart 
as a scout watched. And somehow, he was able to keep his focus. Slowly, it came back, and he struggled against the straps on his arms. You need to stay calm, boy. Ben shook his head. I need to get out of here and back to my father. You need to let me go. Please, just let me go back. I'm sorry, but you can't leave. Not yet. There's something they need from you first. The scout moved back as three wraiths came into his side. Ben struggled as they moved closer with more pins to stick in his arms. He knew this was it. They were going to take his body apart and put it inside their orbs of glass. He wondered if his eyes would be used on any of them. The room went red and a cloth was put over his eyes. Cold, strong hands grabbed his legs to keep him from kicking. There was nothing he could do but wait for the end. Ben could feel small needles being stuck in his arms and legs and cuts being made into his skin. But only on his arms and legs. It seemed to go on for hours, never cutting deeper, never cutting anywhere else. After what seemed like an eternity, Ben heard the voice of the scout again. That's enough. You have plenty. Now it's time to let him go. No, no. He stays again. You, you go. No, I'm not keeping him here with you any longer. You've had enough to continue your experiments. I'm not going to allow you to do any more to him. But, but we need, we need him. He... He, he will save, save us. There was a crash and a commotion. Ben felt a warm hand on his arm, then a popping sound. The room got quiet, and a strange humming sound filled Ben's ears. The cloth was taken from his eyes. The scout was looking down at him. She worked on getting the straps off. I'm sorry, boy. I wish I didn't have to bring you here. But I had no choice. You were broken, dying after falling out across the veil. That avalanche damaged your body. The only chance you had was the floaters. They were healers once, the best in the world before, well, in a different time. They owed me a favor, so I called it in and told them to fix you. But something about you excited them. They weren't going to let you go. I hoped you'd understand. But I had no choice but to bring you here. She had removed the straps and carefully pulled the needles out of Ben's arms and legs. Now, boy, let's get a robe for you and get you out of here. Ben looked around the room. The wraiths were all there, but not moving, floating in place, arms out like, like they were reaching for the scout. Are they, are they frozen? asked Ben. Well, in a way, 
I slowed them down, said the scout. A little trick I picked up here in the Terrorlands. We need to hurry. It won't last long. Now, let's find you some clothes. Ben wasn't sure how much he should trust the scout. But knowing that he didn't have another choice, he let her help him out of the room and down the hall. She led them to an empty room filled with shelves full of different gadgets, weapons, and sacks. Towards the back of the room was a shelf of gray-colored boxes. She opened one, pulling out a neatly folded robe, handing it to Ben. At first, she didn't want to touch it. It's clean, boy. N never worn. This will disguise you. You wear this on this side of the void and everything will leave you alone. They'll think you're a wraith. Ben pulled the thick robe over his thin body. The scout handed him a short sword. Have you ever used one of these before? He shook his head no. Well, even if you've never had training with it, you can still swing it, keeping whatever comes at you away. She reached onto another shelf, pulling down a familiar-looking sack. It moved and hissed a bit. Ben backed away, shaking his head. No, no, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I know what you're thinking, but they're actually useful. Why do you think your father wanted them so badly? They can guide you through these lands, boy, and give you information that you could never find if you searched a lifetime they know things others don't. Ben reluctantly took the sack, knowing the head was in there. A muffled voice spoke from it. Thanks, kid. You won't regret having me around. The scout searched a room for shoes, but there wasn't any. The floaters didn't need feet, so no shoes. Ben tied the sash around his waist, slid the naked sword on the left, and reluctantly tied the bag with the talking head to his right side. The scout picked up a pack, putting it on her back. Let's go, boy. Ben. My name is Ben. Yes. Of course. Ben, let's get out of here. That time stop isn't going to last much longer. The scout led Ben out of the building and into the dark terror lands. The floaters will be after you, Ben. We need to keep moving. I'm sorry there was no shoes for you. I hope your feet will be okay. The ground felt soft and cold on Ben's feet. He hoped the ground would keep feeling, feeling like that until they got across the veil. Come on, Ben. I have things to teach you about the Terrorlands and not much time to do it. The humming sound began to fade, and then with the pop, things started moving again. They moved quickly down a dirt path away from the building. Soon a strange wailing came from the fortress. They sounded the alarm. We need to get off the path. The scout grabbed Ben by the arm, pulling him into a wooded area. Soon the wailing sound became muffled and faded away. We'll be safe in here, but not for long.
out of the fortress and into the night. Ben and his scout flee the grasp of the race. But what other terrors await them? And will Ben make it back to his father? What secrets is this scout hiding? And how can a talking head help him on his way? More from the Terrorland will be coming soon. But up next episode, spooky bits and scary pieces will start the holiday celebration. I hope you tune in for some spooky holiday fun. This is Jedediah Graves Moore for Spooky Bits and Scary Pieces. Listening to the wind and walking the dusty back roads. I can't wait to share holiday fun with you all. (laughs) 